That was way better than. Yeah, I've been working on it. My last to try. (laughs) My last last to try. try. My last to try. Yeah, that was my attempt at a Justin scream. How'd I do? Sounded very well. Pretty good. I was good. I was pretty impressed. It's that Hagler gene. It Mm. is. It's genetic. Ain't no denying. Like it, Scott. Who do we have in the house today? It's our second oldest staff member, P. Paul. Brian Reed. Woo, <laughs> Brian but, but, Reed. But by far the most beloved staff member. Yes. You are beloved. Yeah. Beloved? Yes. Yeah, I would say beloved. Mm. That's a good word. Mm. I don't know. By the way, I just noticed you are now taller than both John and I because of the way you're sitting. <laughs> He's sitting rather upright. Yeah. yeah, I just noticed that. Yeah. I'm like, no, you don't have to. There's yeah, no by the pressure. way, this will be on YouTube, but you won't be able to see us. So, It'll be a so non-video YouTube non-video episode. YouTube. Mainly because when we, we get are, our age, we don't really want to be videoed yeah. anymore. We are all fully dressed. Yes. 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 So there's yes. no need. There's no that. need to worry about that. <laughs> no blurs or. <laughs> That's a very important point because we just heard stories at lunch. We did about Scott standing in his underwear on the that front porch. That was true. Yep. Locked myself locked in, in the back. And in the, the front. yeah. Locked yeah. myself out of my house with uh, nothing. Well, I had a shirt and underwear. I was wearing socks as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> socks are important. So. Yeah, I just real quick before we get into Brian though, because I I should have asked this at lunch, but I didn't. Are your pants the last thing you put on? Uh, sometimes yes. Because you know it varies person to person. Well, like, like for me, just so you know, I put my shorts on first. As do I, and then I put Short my shirt first. on. Yeah, I'm the opposite. Last thing on for me are shoes. Yeah, sometimes even when wearing, especially when wearing shorts, I put on my shoes first, then my shorts. That's weird. I was going to say, Brian, with, never, the, with the long sleeve pants, putting on your shoes well, first would no, be hard. No, yes. No. I, I Unless never you got big to be bell bottoms. <laughs> this yeah, is not the point of this podcast. <laughs> well, I will say, though, now that I'm wearing suspenders, obviously the pants go on first because they have to. Oh, that yeah. is a very important point. Yes. <clears throat> okay. All right. So, anyway, or as, Ash, or as Angie would say, anti-way. Anti-way. So, Brian Reed is in the house today. And just like in our other episodes, we want to know, how in the world did you get connected to Simple Church? Wow. How did that journey begin for you? Well, John, it started at a very young age. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. It did sound almost like a... Yeah. yeah, in a world. I was born at a very young age in a hospital. So Everybody's born at a young mother. age. Yes. <laughs> Unless you're Benjamin <clears throat> Buttons. You remember that movie? Back. I do remember that one. That was weird. I never watched it, though. I watched parts of it, but just because on TV stuff. Yeah, that's weird. Anyway, how did I happen? Well, I moved here in 1995. In the year of the Lord, 1995. year of the Lord, 1995, or as they would sometimes say, circa 1995. Mm, nice. Um, I was student minister. At another church to in the northern nameless. part of Bozier Parish. <laughs> yes. That sounds much like a tree. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, actually the first person I met outside of the church and the people that were there was, was Justin. He was one of the first. It was actually Justin and Stuart Hall. Yeah. Uh, were the first two guys I met. And then. Um, and, wait, and where did y'all meet? We met at. No teenies. Woo! So that's Restaurant. very, very timely because <clears throat> where, where did we just leave, fellas? We just no had no teenies. All right. So out there, if you're a listener and you haven't checked it out, it has new owners now. That's right. But the same classic style. It was very good. It was good. A good, good, a good fair, as yes. they might say. Yes. Oh, I love the fair. Hmm. State fair? No, F-A-R-E. Oh, oh okay. he got confused. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he, 
They, speaking of still, fair, they're doing fair food still. Ah, uh, yeah, that's that's probably not rosemary. I can't eat fair food unless time. it's fall. Yeah, is that weird? Why? But to me, it's like the whole experience. You can't have corn dog day mm. when it's a hundred degrees outside. Well, you could. You can't. Okay. I mean, you can, but I can't. You start sweating with that dog in your hand. Uh, <laughs> that sounds funny. Anyway. anyway. So, so you met at the Notinis. Met at the Notinis. I was student minister. They were. He was student minister. Then we created this little known defunct organization, clandestine group known as the Wild Kingdom. Wait a minute. I have oh. never heard this. You've not ever heard No. You, you remember the Wild Kingdom? No. You mean like the movie? The stu- no, the student ministry network thing no. we did. I remember like Wild Kingdom on TV. The now, Wild you, Kingdom. I wasn't a student pastor. I know you weren't, but you, you saw the bills <laughs> for it. The Camp Bethany event. I thought that was Outback. I well, it was, was called Outback, Camp. but the group of student oh. ministry guys that came together. No way. It was, there. Now our it was called the are, Wild Kingdom. Our world. If I'm thinking com- like, I think it was I called thought, the Wild I thought Kingdom. it was Dash Camp. No, that's no, different. that was that was the Wild Kingdom probably because uh, I went to both Dash Camp maybe I went to both Brian. This is funny because our worlds are colliding right now. Two because, worlds collide that's because right. you're describing the Wild Kingdom that led to Outback. Led to Outback, and Outback was the first crisis I had to manage as a staff member at another church in Bossier City that, that yes. happens to be in the center of the city that maybe is getting reconstructed right now. That's true. Yes. Near Pierre Beaujard Mall. <laughs> oh, my. That's so, weird. I didn't yes, know that. Yes. We actually, I mean, it was just one of these ideas because we, all the student ministry guys kind of got together and we knew this reality wise. I mean, our kids, like my students were going to three different churches. Right. On, on they average. made the rounds, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, they just made the rounds and we were okay with that. It wasn't a real big um type of a contest there was no scoreboards put mm-hmm. up where we were you had to, to think about that like another mm, word very diplomatic <laughs> it wasn't a match <laughs> right. so, uh, a tennis match uh, a tennis, tennis match, match. that's, that's right that's what it is so um love 15. yeah that that was a little so that's how we kind of we would just all hang out and i just remember at notinis we would talk just about stuff, and it was always kind of those things. Hey, if I'm ever in charge, I'd love to do. Yeah, you know, we'd all just talk about, dude. What would you? What would your dream place be? What would you want to do? And uh, you said simple church, even though you didn't so know I it didn't existed. Know about it. No, we would just say that, and I thought, dude, it that'd be cool. Yet. That would be cool. And then I, and then I remember, I don't actually remember the actual date. It was sometime in late 2006 early 2007 mm-hmm. that justin called me one time and says hey man i'm going i'm going for this this is the dream i'm would you would you want to be a part of it can you be a part of it yeah, and that and that date checks out because that was <laughs> about the time that, that yeah yes y'all can fact mm-hmm. you can fact check yes that. i do can i have one question if we can go back real yeah. fast to outback okay. cuz that was that was my first Camp experience with well, yeah. first exposure. It was also one of my first open eyes trips. Mm. Um, Most I expensive camp ever done That's right. by human beings. And, uh, it was, and it was two <laughs> nights long. <laughs> That's right. Who decided, because I've, I've never heard a clear answer on this, to put us in circus tents with hay? Because that, <laughs> that was an awful, awful experience. Because I believe, if memory serves correct, this was Camp Bethany and in July. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. It was, I, you know, I can't, 
I don't, as a chubby took, eighth grader, I was sweating. <laughs> we never took minutes on those meetings. So oh, thank God. I think it was just a general thing where we decided because we knew all the students were together. So we'd say, okay, let's just put eighth grade boys over here in this tent and ninth grade boys here and ninth grade girls on the other side of the of the planet and and yeah. so forth. And we just kept them, tried to be separated. The only thing I remember uh, also was Caddo Parish deputies showing up. <laughs> on the scene and we're standing to the side just watching what's going on massive humanity out there at camp bethany and um they pull up and they say who's in charge and so everybody looks at the next person down the line and the last guy on the line was a guy named paul mintz yeah who was my youth minister at summer grove Grove, yeah and so he immediately became the guy in charge and didn't know a thing So, that's awesome. And it was a volume issue, right? That's it was why. a volume issue. We had to turn the music down. It was just a little bit too loud for the people in Deberry. <laughs> they were starting to complain. The people in Deberry, Texas? Yeah, yeah that sound well, was just traveling, son. Bethany wow. is, I think, one of those towns that gets little notoriety as being both Louisiana and Texas. That's correct. I live there. I Texas grew up Canada in is Arkansas and Texas. Nobody right. ever goes. Yeah. I, I grew up. But it would help if its name had, like, Texarkana, or right. it, it kind of has, but it'd be Beth, Bethlehemania. Yeah, Beth, Beth, Bethlehem, Texas, Bethlehem, or Bethlehem, Texas. They would rename it. They would get notoriety. Yeah, but no, I grew up there. I literally grew up less than a mile from Camp. No, not even a, like five hundred feet from Camp Bethany. Wow, that's yeah. a big difference between a mile and yeah. five hundred feet. <laughs> yeah. I'm not good with with numbers. That's awesome. But he's, but he's very confident <laughs> with yeah. it. Somewhere between a mile and 500 feet. <laughs> that is hilarious. Which it's means you really don't know how far you lived. From it was it. it was somewhere within a mile. Right, we'll go yeah, with that. Yeah, Woodpine Subdivision, 9631 Franklin Road. Well, Brian, my earliest wow. memories of you okay. is I was on staff at the church in the center of the town. Next to Pierre Beaujolais. Right. And we would go to Schlotzky's, <laughs> me and my brother and a few yeah. other people. And you were in there a lot. Did you like I some Slotsky's? Dude, I love me Slotsky's original. Yes. The Slotsky's original was kind of sad when it went away, wasn't it? It was, well, and I actually, it you know, the one in Bozier closed before the one in yeah. Shreveport. So I actually would move, I would drive over to Shreveport to, I guess, Mansfield Road was the only That's other right. one I knew of. Why did and it close? Why did Slotsky's close? Why did they close here? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But here's what I do know, and my wife's very well of this now. Any, and when we travel, especially to uh, to the Dallas area or going on I-20 headed towards Dallas, you know, there's a Slotsky's right there. Oh, the yeah. Old, I believe Terrell. it's Terrell. Terrell, Texas. Terrell, Texas. Absolutely. And I have been known to even let up off the gas or put put down on the gas to time it to be right there. We call that lifting. Mm. Lifting? Lifting off the accelerator. <clears throat> lifting. Yeah. Okay. So. But you did, I'm glad you mentioned Perry because you are married. I am married. want to make sure people know that. And your wife is a professional counselor. <laughs> she She's is. She's next door. Yes. She's probably right next door as we. Actually, right now she, uh, and I uh, did get a brief conversation. She's having a kind of a tough day today. She tried to get in the wrong car at the parking lot <laughs> several times to the point where she almost got mad and realized there was someone in the car. Oh, <laughs> Cause it that's like her. bad. And that, then, she didn't see him? Well, you know. Uh, <laughs> I just want to see the you picture know, of the person's you face. Know, Perry, like, how long does like, it take to realize I'm in here? Like, well, are you trying to kidnap me? Well, by the oh time she realized... Gosh. By the time she realized <laughs> that she was in the wrong vehicle, she had been pushing the buttons on uh-huh. her on her 
and so our car is honking somewhere else. Well, that and the back end is opened up now. <laughs> so it's like maybe mine's the one oh, over there with, with the, the lift end. hatch. Open. With the lift hatch open, exactly. That's, That's fantastic. Hilarious. And then she, right before we walked in here, she sends me this other picture of her office in Shreveport, and it looks like I, I thought it was rice, but it's actually sand has fallen and poured all on top of her printer. Oh, and so, how did sand fall on her printer? Well, we're going to have to, I'm going to have to find, that'll be tonight's conversation. Okay. That'll be supper talk. Yeah, I'd like to have so, an update on that. Yeah. I'm I'll intrigued. Try to, I'll try to update you guys on that. Have any yes. of you guys ever got in the wrong vehicle? Like, by um, Yes. Yeah, it's a pretty yeah. scary feeling when you, yeah. like, go stick I've, the key in the ignition and, like, it don't turn. Yeah, I've, I've gone to that far. I've gone as far as to yeah. get into the vehicle, put my key in there, and go, oh, it's not going. Yeah, especially when you have a very generic vehicle like yeah. I do. I have a, yeah. a silver-ish, grayish. Birch is yeah. the birch, official yeah. color, right? Yeah, silver birch. Like yeah. Mine Tahoe. Was a white, mine was a white Suburban. There's, Tell me how many white suburbans are. There's a few of there. those out there. And then yeah. I didn't. Real, and then when I realized I don't smoke and saw the cigarettes in the console, I thought, maybe <laughs> did any part of you question? Maybe did you start? <laughs> like, when did I start smoking? It oh, yeah. was. Uh, there were probably a few times I <laughs> thought about starting to smoke. Absolutely. No. Yeah. But yes. Yeah, I I've, yeah, I've, I've, you know, hit the key fob, and then you pull right, on the door, right. and you unlock it, and you get mad, and then you're like, sure. oh, yeah. this yeah. is not my car. So Justin calls you and it's like, hey, I've got this crazy idea that right. really, I mean, you, you were joking about sitting around at no teenies, whatever, but you know, most people may not realize that Simple Church really was a dream realized by a lot of people. Right. A lot of conversations happened mm-hmm. over a number of years of what if, what if, if we were in charge, if we could right. do church different. And you're one of the earlier people that volunteered at the church because yeah, you volunteered for a long point, time before you were paid right exactly exactly at that point in my uh life journey mm-hmm. um i was no longer at a church in north Bossier Parish, <laughs> and uh and so was at that point was attending the other church in the heart of Bozier. <laughs> that's right <laughs> i love going i love going through all these different yeah. let's just say you worked yeah. at cypress yeah. and i worked at first Bozier. that's right yes. and so i let's so we started it. uh you I know we like started it. attending attending first Bozier, and uh which is a whole other different story bouncing around different things because your your yeah. recollection of me was we had a brief period of time scott and i was under the uh teaching tutelage of john hagler as yeah. a Sunday school teacher. And then he quickly realized <laughs> that I didn't know much, and he moved on to another class. So we went around to a couple <laughs> different ones, and for various reasons, nothing ever fit. So I was like, you know what, dude? I've always done student ministry. So I started leading a group. Oh, I led a group on Wednesday nights. I think I did juniors on See, Wednesday nights and taught. And yeah. I was there during this, and I don't remember you. Oh, I yeah. Know, well, I'm Scott, I, I never was on the screen. Right. <laughs> Yeah, you only pay attention to people on the big screen. On the big screen, I say that. Although I did, (laughs) I did have the opportunity on a few occasions. I actually, I actually spoke or slash taught or whatever. Maybe, maybe I was aloft. I think you were already gone by then. then. Because we're talking two thousand six. Yeah, I was two thousand five, two thousand six. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Sorry. So yes. So yeah. And then when we started, we were you know, a part of that, of the launch team and just began volunteering, uh, you know. Yeah, so, so for people that weren't around, uh, the way the church started was that there were monthly, they had a term for it, um, 
gosh, I can't remember the term, where they had these, it was almost like a preview. Yeah, yeah, yeah preview, preview service. Preview service. service. It was a launch, it was a we launch did, plan. It was, it was June, June, like three July, of them, right? and August. We did yeah. one in June, one um, in July. Because I wasn't here. I was in Texas at the right. time, so I missed yeah. all that. So the way, and and Justin had actually spent yeah. a lot of time <laughs> studying there. And, they, and if you've ever looked at how you launch oh. churches, there are different ways to do it. Obviously, and people have seen it and tried different ways. So this particular one, we called it working the W. You would have a preview service, and then and then – during the week, you'd have some kind of a, you know, as Justin is, fun event or whatever mm-hmm. gathering. And then you'd have another preview service with another fun event. And then your last, your third service would be, we're all in, we're going. Right. And so, and, that, and then if I remember correctly, that was the only time we've ever advertised because we showed exactly. uh, in the previews of the movies that's that right. we had a little advertisement. You could sit in, that's right. You could sit in a boardwalk theater and there would be a little green sofa with a light bulb over it. Yep. Yep. And then you, where it made a major turn in your life is things started going really good at the movie theater, at the boardwalk. Right. So much so that we needed a second location. Right. This is about the time that I came back. You had already started it, but at the Regal 9. I was. On the airline drive in Shed Road. I guess my title at that time would have been uh, Campus Pastor. Campus Pastor. We opened up Regal 9, which, again, if you've studied church growth you're not really supposed to plant a second location that's about a mile from the other one less than a mile or yeah, 500 feet or 500 somewhere, somewhere around there somewhere between 500 but feet and a mile <laughs> eddie eddie faith would jump in the car bring the card over to us yep. and we would plug it in and we were doing yeah i, I used to do that we were doing church I... yeah now this is funny but um my wife reminded me she knew that we were going to be talking to you today and she reminded me that she served at regal nine in the preschool yes, she area, she did. She was one. I had forgotten that. I now that you say that, I do. I can really. I can remember her in. Yep. Uh, I'm trying to remember which theater that was. It would be to the left when you to come in. Left. I remember. I think that. it was like either five or six. I'm yeah. trying to remember. Somewhere back in there, yeah. And that was a that was a cool chapter of the church because, like I said, we were pretty new to the scene, and I remember as you talked about rushing over there after we would tear down Boardwalk, you would already be started, and we would get there just in time to help you tear down. Right. And when I think about how far the church has come, it's very interesting to me how adaptable the Simple Church has been over the years. I think if there's anything that is a strength of the organization is we can adapt to the new reality. So exactly. that Regal 9 yeah. you know, lasted for a good while. How long was that we campus did, around? We did that campus for probably almost two years. Yep. Really? I, I would say longer. almost that long. Because we had we had done that one, and then over time, right after that, we launched, uh, well, we launched Tinseltown, mm-hmm. and we kept. So we had Boardwalk. Yeah, we did. We had three Tinseltown, campuses. We had three campuses. That's right, and you were co-campus pastor at Boardwalk with Keith Rhodes, correct? Did y'all lead it together? Am I right on that? No, no, because we I'm, went straight from I went straight from Regal, I went straight from Regal Nine when we all gathered back. That's when we started the convention center. Well, that would give us the timeline. Convention Center was 2010. 2010. Yep. So that would be right. So, so actually, I was you know I volunteered and just would help pour thing, pull things, and yeah, just do all the different kind of stuff. And yeah, so for the listener that doesn't know, there was a time where the church was at Convention Center and the Boardwalk and Tinseltown and Tinseltown, right? All at the same time, 
and then for various reasons they were recombined back into one location into because one location. we finally had space because we started off upstairs at the convention center right in a smaller ballroom but then we got an exhibit hall finally and we were able to all be together and uh so right that's kind of cool. So, so Same. now fast forward into today. So we we've been all together for quite some time. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, there was a period of time where you were kind of a coordinator of what we called uh, what were they called the regional pastors? Community yeah, pastors. We community, did community pastors. pastors. We yeah we we launched this whole plan after we came back together mm-hmm. to to go. Okay, we're gonna have there were four of us. So we were thought the novel idea of going north, south, east, and west. Right. But if you really looked at the map, it was like north, east, north by northwest, sure. south by whatever. So anyway, yeah, I was a, a community pastor for At that time, I was community pastor for the north. Mm-hmm. And uh, we did that for a while. And then over time, for various reasons, other guy, those, the other three guys uh, went out into the to the world <laughs> the wild blue yonder <laughs> and doing various, various still jobs. with us they're, they're still, still around yeah. all three are still well one of the three it, is still, still an active. active volunteer and right. good, great guy uh he, he you know hang, hangs with us and the other two have gone on to do other kind of right. ministries, other ministries of right. keith Rhodes and jeff Warren. right jeff's yeah. got dream hunt keith is He's a school teacher, is a school teacher mm-hmm. now as well so it's cool and then uh so that we came back together, and then now I am pastoral care, care pastor. I'm still trying to figure out what we call ourselves. Yeah. I like that, like and a I, care bear. And I was about to say, like, yeah. the one constant by my observation, again, I missed the very early days of the church because I didn't live here yet. But ever since I've been back, I would say the one constant thread through your whole journey with Simple Church has been pastoral care. If you had community pastors or Regal 9 as a campus pastor, where your strength is, um, where you're gifted, is in the pastoral care, counseling, you know, working with people one-on-one through the greatest of times like a wedding and through the most difficult times like, you know, the death of a family member or whatever. And that takes me back to a memory. Um, I lived in Texas from 2006 to 2009. And I wasn't there very long in 2006 when a very, very important event happened in your life. I remember exactly where I was when the call came in. And uh, tell us a little bit about what happened in late 2006. Yeah. October 20th, 2006. Uh, it's one of those deals where you, you, it, you literally remember what you were doing and what you had been doing prior to that. Prior to that evening on of the 20th i'd actually been playing golf justin and i were playing golf i don't remember who the other two people were uh but we were playing golf at huntington golf course and uh my daughter molly i had four children at the time clara thomas molly and caroline and my daughter molly was a sophomore at airline high school and they were getting ready to go play uh airline was getting ready to play natchitoches central in natchitoches and she had uh, asked if she could ride to the game uh, with another group of girls and a family. And uh, so I said, yeah. And so I had left her money. And the only reason I go through that is I remember as I was stepping off the 18th green, uh, putt, uh, yeah, putting green, uh, my phone rang and she was like, Dad, you know, where is my, where's my money? You were supposed to leave me money. And I was like, it's right there on the, on the counter. And 
Mm-hmm. You know, so then I had to describe what a $20 bill looked like to her. He's got the numbers two and zero. Molly was always a. What president's uh, on a 20? Wow, well, trying to. Jackson, remember. I believe. Uh, just an interesting sidebar. Is it? I'll look while I'm. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you can fat chat me, but I believe it's Andrew Jackson. Jackson. Andrew Jackson, okay. I, think I might have one. Let's see. Go ahead, so, Ron. I hate to do that. So, yeah, distracted. no, no, no. That's all good. So, I'm just going to kind of hit hit the highlights or some you may consider lowlights. Biggest uh, bill I have is a five. I got a ten. That's as far as I go. Oh, so, well. <laughs> Scott's going to go the official. He's going to look it up for you. So, <laughs> go home uh, that evening. Was going out to eat with a, another couple, friends of ours. It's Andrew Jackson. Okay. Andrew Jackson. Thank you. Um, took... Caroline, our youngest, my youngest daughter, to a uh, birthday party in the, uh, I guess at the oh, Heart of Bozier, whatever mm-hmm. that is, right across the street from Posadas. Yep. And as I was, uh, as I was standing outside, my phone rings, and it's Justin, and he asked me. His first question was, "Hey, man, who did Molly ride with to the football game?" Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, it was – and I told him the name mm-hmm. of the girls. And he was like, okay, hang on just a second. Let me, I'll call you right back. So I thought, well, that's strange. And like less than a minute later, he calls me back and says, man, you need to get to LSU Hospital now. Uh, and he explained to me there had been a car wreck on I-49 that at that time the word was Molly is – they load her in an ambulance and they're bringing her to LSU and her best friend, uh, that she was in the car with was a girl named Emily Purdue. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he said, but I'm going to tell you, he goes, man, Brian, Emily didn't make it. She died on the scene. And so, you know, as a parent, you're just like, everything kind of goes into slow motion, but at the same time, your, 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 your brain is just going, going, going. So get my wife, we get in the car go to LSU Hospital, as we pull in and park, I actually look up and see the ambulance go by. And at the same, about the same time the ambulance is going by, overhead you can see the uh, helicopter coming mm-hmm. in. So we go inside uh, LSU, and at the time when you walked through, just right to your right was really you walked almost into the emergency room, and they had a room literally was about the size of this room that they called the family room. And uh, so we go in there and sit down, and we're just still kind of like, okay, what's going on? What's happening? Where's things happening? And at that time, the other door that opened up into the emergency room opens, and in walks my neighbor from across the street, who was, uh, her name's Pam Anderson, and Pam was a life flight nurse. Mm. And as it turns out, Pam actually rode in with Molly. Molly and Katie were actually the ones that were put on the – put on the helicopter and the life flighted back to LSU. And, uh, at the time, you know, don't, I don't remember everything other than I remember at one point we were moved upstairs and I just remember the mass of humanity kids that were just lying in the hallways Mm -hmm. and they actually moved us upstairs to the third floor, which is now day surgery, but it is because it was just not used at that time and Mm -hmm. it was just empty. And so, we were in a room down there, and uh, a lot of different emotions it goes through. Uh, at one point, I almost literally beat the crap out of a hospital. I don't know if he was a nurse or a tech, but mm-hmm. he just 
didn't have people skills 101 i guess no bedside manner no bedside manner at all so if that's part the rest of the evening was spent going through this whole this is what we know this is what we don't know Mm -hmm. and finally about 10 o'clock at night uh we had we had the meeting with the emergency room doctors the neurologist uh who uh, at that time i knew the neurologist uh brian willis great guy um I don't remember who else was there, and uh, basically they went through this whole thing of saying, if she survives the head injury, because basically what had happened is uh, when the wreck happened, there was a guy merging with a, uh, pulling a trailer, and she just overreacted and rolled the uh, Tahoe, and uh, there were three girls in the back, two in the front. Two survived, the driver and the girl in the middle back, and three did not, the girl in the front seat, and then Molly and Emily. And Molly was actually had actually taken her seatbelt off, we found this later, to show a dance move, and mm-hmm. that's when the wreck happened. And so she was she was ejected from the vehicle and yeah. went so it was a closed head injury. And they basically told us at that point, look, if she survives the head injury, the rest of her body is so inside so because we got to go see her and there wasn't a scratch on her i mean there was mm-hmm. i don't even remember her pants were were cut because she had broken had a fracture of her leg mm-hmm. and uh but but the rest of that was just just yeah. her wow. and so at that point you know, i mean obviously you know you immediately become a member in a club that you want no one to be a member of yeah, which no is doubt. parents who've lost children and so you know justin even spoke a few weeks ago about how God creates us to be able to handle things. And and I can remember just wrestling through all of that of the whys and the, you sure. know. I remember my times to go down to the river and throw rocks and cuss. Sure. And, uh, but I also remember very vividly uh, um, uh, just the time I was sitting at the house and it was actually Carol Wade who is the wife of a good friend of mine who was at that time was Philip. Uh, Philip was the uh, music guy out at Cypress, and she comes over, and we just we're just sitting there talking, and she just looked at me, and she said, "No, Brian, you got a choice. I mean, you can sit and think about death, or you can think about life." Right. And you know, what's what's your choice going to be? I think you've done well. So, because <clears throat> my observation is is that you've taken that tragedy, which there's no other way to describe it but a tragedy. Right. And you've taken that experience, and it gives you a unique ability to relate to people that are hurting. Because I'm a big believer that God doesn't waste a hurt. Uh, And we all have them. Everybody has different issues and circumstances and experiences. And uh, it's been neat to watch um, you take that tragedy and turn it into good and, and help so many people. You've done so many funerals yourself. I mean, I don't know. I, I know you probably maybe have a number in your mind, but I can, it's countless. I do not. The ones that stick out are the ones, unfortunately, that, I mean, you may think about it. But the ones to me that stick out are the, are the ones where something just crazy funny happens. and you. Just yeah, can we talk over. about that for a minute? I don't think it'd be inappropriate because it is a heavy topic. Yes. Uh, so, but yeah. I do yeah, want to know. Because yeah, as ministers, you know, we, we have a sure. unique job. Um, I heard this morning, matter of fact, uh, that we are considered frontline employees uh, okay. in the in the current COVID crisis. 
that we are in that category because we do have to deal. I mean, life goes on in right. the middle of a crisis, funerals, you know, right. hospital issues and what have you. So I think you would agree with this, Brian. The only way we get through a lot of what we get through is we have to find the humor. Absolutely. In, in some of it, because just like Absolutely. first responders, um, police, fire, uh, nurses, doctors, I guarantee you they have to laugh too yeah. because there's so much heaviness that happens in all of our world. So let's do take yeah, a couple I, minutes and tell a couple of funny stories about well, yeah, pastoral is, yeah, opportunities. Healing in, there is healing and laughter. I mean, there really is in, in doing that. One I think of in particular, which to me is funny, to others it may sound like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. But uh, and, and this, as I say this, uh, start the story real quick. I will say this as a as a precursor to it. One of the great things about being a part of Simple Church is our ability to relate or even to have people come to us that would never step step foot right. inside a, a church per se, as I use air quotes. <laughs> and uh, so get this phone call from from one of the local funeral homes that said, hey, we've got this family that's experienced the death of a, of a son and uh, said, they're your type of people, so I, would you be willing to come and, and do the funeral? So I was like, yeah, okay. So I go over there and I meet with all, my only contact is the brother of the deceased who at the, he's probably early 20s. And uh, so we meet, talk about the service, what he wants it to be, you know, what, it, what does it look like? I just like, man, is there anything we need to help? No, we're fine. So we come back. So I come back now. We're going to do a service in the little chapel there, and then we're going to graveside at uh, Roseneath North, which would be off of your Swan Lake Road. <laughs> and uh, first off, the interesting thing about the service was as I'm sitting there waiting to start it, his casket's there at the front, and it and it comes in like it was kind of a and I thought of an episode of Cops meets Cribs meets <laughs> Gangs of L.A. or whatever because everybody's coming up, you know, whatever. I can't remember the guy's name, but they you know pump their chest, man, love you, man, and then they'd go sit down <laughs> and they'd walk up. It wasn't just a normal. It, this wasn't even the pass by or anything. Right. The service, just before That's the, the official term for when you walk by the casket, right, at, the by the casket you, at the end for the listener out there. Thank you, John. Thank yes. you for being an And where the minister has to stand there awkwardly yes. and get a, about a one in 10 handshake. Yeah, one in 10 on handshake, average. and they always tell you good job. Yeah. <laughs> no matter how you no did. No matter how you did. It's good job, Pastor. Good, good job. Good Scott. <laughs> my mic wasn't working, but now, now you can do no handshakes. Oh, that's true. COVID. So, yeah. And a, yeah, good point, the Scott. Yeah. Sorry. Thank you, Scott. So Why are you using that creepy voice? I, I don't, because my mic is not working correctly. <laughs> okay. So, so let's go ahead and we do so. Now we're going to fast forward out to the uh, to the cemetery. That's where most of the funny stuff happens. Two things happen here. Number one, next door, or not really far from the cemetery out there. If you've ever been down that road. Yes, I know where you're going. Why am I talking like this? There are beehives. I mean, like some person harvests On purpose. 
Exactly. They have created these little white boxes on purpose to get the honey from the bees. Uh-huh. Where do bees get honey from, guys? Where, how do they make honey? Flowers. Some flowers. Where are flowers <laughs> typically found? Graveside. Thank you. So we've got this big <laughs> thing of flowers. I think they call it a spray, perhaps, uh-huh. of flowers. <laughs> a spray and of flowers. And I'm walking up. All I can see is like just, I mean, just like bees flying everywhere around it and and everybody's kind of catching it and like going. So I'm like, okay, guys, we got to make this quick. Well, we get there. I'm standing there. The We've already walked the casket out to the gravesite. And I'm looking at the director. I'm going, where, you know, where are the, where's the, pa-? and they're waiting on the brother, the brother that I, the only guy I talked with, he had a sister and his dad. And so his seat's empty. Uh-huh. And I don't know. I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and say exactly as she said it. <laughs> but and i'm trying to remember his name I'm, let's say it was bobby joe it was one of those two word uh-huh. name, two name words whatever <laughs> how do you say that? but she's like i like it she looks up she goes bobby joe bobby joe gets over here sit down we're preaching getting ready to start <laughs> and so i'm going okay and i look at which point i look over my shoulder and i find bobby joe and bobby joe is standing with his friend jack okay daniel oh. in a bottle oh. gallon and he's got that bad boy turned up. Well, about that time, the pallbearers who helped us bring the casket to its final resting place over here look over there and see that and go, I got to give me some of that. <laughs> so they all like, so now half of my audience, because you got pallbearers plus their women or whatever, they're over here with Bobby Joe. And I'm looking at the director, and I was like, dude, bro, can you help We've me We've lost control we, at this can point. Can you get these people back over here? So, Yeah. I did that one fairly quick and yes. left one out the door. So I hear you, man. Well, you, so, have, yeah. a, you have a new wow. team member that, on your pastoral team by the name of I Ray do. Rainey. Ray, he is Uncle my Ray favorite Ray. funeral story of oh, all time. Oh, my gosh, yes. Time. Yeah, it, Ray, we, Ray, we all go way back. Again, right. we'll have him on in a separate episode. He's coming up, but... He has a really funny story. Again, it always seems to be graveside is where it kind of goes off the rails. But very similar to your situation is one of those families that loves our church. You know, a little bit, you know, uh, complicated. Sure. Simple church loves complicated people. That's right. We thrive on that. That's why uh, I work here. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) And uh, they get out to the graveside. And I don't know if people listening in, you'll notice that there's like some astroturf. That's around the that's base right. of the of the <laughs> hole that the casket's going to be lowered into after everybody leaves. And uh, I don't know if you know this or not as a listener. You may be getting an education here, but pretty much they, they place the casket right over the place that it's going to be lowered exactly. into. And there's a little, you know, uh, crane system that it's sitting on that's going to be used to lower that. But, it, but they put this astroturf to just kind of cosmetically dress up that area so you're not looking at raw dirt and what have you. <laughs> so Ray had this funeral and this uh, lady wanted to get just a little too close to that casket. And she actually fell in the hole. <laughs> she slipped between the casket yeah. and this uh, edge of the, of the little lift and went down in the hole. And I, and Ray will have to say it himself when he comes in, but she yells from in the hole. Now she's down in the hole and she says, I done fell in mama's grave. <laughs> and the, all of the funeral assistants are having to oh g- grab God. one of her arms, and, and she's muddy. 
Oh, and they yes. drag her up out of the hole, oh, and it's just gosh. one of those classic moments that you just can't write stuff yeah, that good. you just can't. I've never done that personally. I've been around. Matter of fact, Leo that works at Hillcrest, uh-huh. the older man up there, he lost the suit because of that. He didn't go in the hole, but he was coming around behind me, and underneath that is also, I guess, d- the dirt pile. Yes. And he caught himself on that dirt pile started falling forward and the only thing he thought he could grab a hold of was one of those little tripod easels of flowers standing there well that thing's like a coat hanger <laughs> and it just goes it just folds up on him and he goes down oh my yep. gosh and, and one of the reasons okay. why we can laugh about it is you know we are believers and sure. as believers we know that that body is just a shell exactly that exactly. it, it's just the leftover shell of, of the life we get to live here on earth, but that our loved one has passed on right. into heaven. And I think about, you know. Um, the mortal coil. Yeah, because I think about it, as a minister myself, uh, you know, funerals can be particularly challenging emotionally uh, for everybody involved. Uh, not just like yourself and you lost your right. daughter, but even for the minister that's doing it, for the funeral director that's coordinating it. But it does help a ton uh, when you know that they're going to be seen again in heaven. Right. And I know with Molly that you take great comfort in knowing that she oh, is absolutely. she is with Christ, and you know that she's in heaven waiting on you. And um, yeah. you know, to me as a minister, you know, I mean, how is it for you? Because you do more funerals than anybody on our staff, hands down. Do, how do you comfort a family that has lost somebody? What What's the thing that you find that you end up saying most often? Wow, probably probably the one thing, the thing that I say most often is there are really three things that I think God gives us mm-hmm. to help us make it through those through through tough times. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is is incredible memories. Yeah, and so I try to encourage them because it's it's helped me of drawing back on the stories of you know even though Molly was here fifteen years, Molly of of my kids. And, and you can go through and you've read, you know, birth orders and all this kind of stuff. But so, you know, Claire is my oldest. She was the one that's just driven in third grade, had this little post-it thing on her no- bulletin board over a little desk in her bedroom saying, study hard. And I'm like, you're <laughs> third grade. <you laughs> right. Know? Can't start too Can't soon. Can't start too soon. You know, Thomas was a boy. And so he, he had his own self of boys. Well, Molly was she Molly was always the one who never she her her expectations were always way up here through the roof mm-hmm. and in her mind homecoming for example that was the one thing that our main focus had been on before the wreck because she had this idea of homecoming as the whole Cinderella thing he's going to pick me up in a you know, a glass chariot, and we're going to go down here. And, and I had to always tell her, Molly, you know, you, here's your your expectations are way up here, and, and down here is this thing called reality. Right. And the distance between the two is called disappointment. <laughs> so you got to reduce the disappointment. And so, but, but we, la- I mean, I can laugh to this day about different things, you know, wanting a purple van so she could just be with all her friends. That was, you know, when I get my driver's license, I want to, I want to, why a purple Didn't van? Didn't Evan have a purple van? May have been. I, be, I, I think, think he did. I think he did. Right. Anyway, side maybe. note. No, no, no. But so, I have a so it's funny all those Molly story too. By the way, do you? Go all ahead, right. though, Brian. No, so so you get all these incredible memories that we have, whether it's a, a food that you eat, a smell that you smell, 
TV show that you watch, um, whatever it is, God gives, and I think God gives us those memories so that we can make it, so we can laugh mm-hmm. when we think we're going to have to cry or, or cry when we need to cry. Right. And, and and be able to make those things. And the second thing I think God gives, I always say, is, is true friends. I mean, it's those people that stick by. It's another reason for, for me connecting with Simple Church is those were friendships that have had started but then have grown over the years. Absolutely. To really make it. And so those friends are, are there for you to to help you make it. You know, mm-hmm. word, God's Word talks about it, you know. A brother born for adversity. There's somebody that's there. And I still remember the people that would not let me go into a hole yep. because of the death of my daughter and the, some, some subsequent events that happened behind that. And then the last thing God gives us, I think, are, you know, the truth that comes just from his word. That's and cool. being able to read it and understand that, you know, Ephesians we, uh, or Corinthians, we don't know, we don't see, we don't understand right now. We're in a mist. But one day it's going to be, we're going to see it as clearly as God sees it. And he goes in, and that's the end of 1 Corinthians 13. And Paul says, so here's what we got left to do. We got to hope unswervingly, uh, what do you say, trust trust steadily in God, hope unswervingly, and love extravagantly. That's a good and word so, right there. So it gives us, those, so that's God's word for us today. What are we going to do? T- trust in God, hope unswervingly, love extravagantly. Yep. And so. I think that's probably the main go-to that I do because as a minister, the other side of that is, you know, I'm not a judge, and so I don't know. I can't be a fruit inspector and look <laughs> at the person's life to know, you know. So, you know, you can't, you know, you don't want to sit there and go, honey, your husband's burning in hell right now. Right. You know, no, you know, they, they need hope and they need comfort. And so yep. that's where That's go a good from. word there. So you have a Molly story, Scott? I do. It's a little embarrassing for me. Oh, boy. What is that? So I remember Molly from First Bossier. I also happened to work at LSU that night, too. I don't know if you knew that or not. I don't think I knew that. Yeah, I was working at LSU that night. Uh, Okay. So anyway, I remember that. On the 10th floor. Yeah, but uh, I actually came into work early that night because I was friends with friends of Molly. So I was there early and stuff. So anyway, though. But when I first met Molly, I was 24-ish, 5-ish. I was in the college ministry, (laughs) and I thought she was cute. Uh I was unaware she was 14. (laughs) So I was like, hey, how you doing? Because I was, because at that time. What's the statute of limitations? (laughs) uh, So at that time. Too soon. Yeah, the college, our singles college ministry met right around the corner from the high school ministry. So there was always this kind of intermingling time. And I really thought she was cute. Somebody in my college class goes, dude, she's 14. I was like, never mind. Never mind. Yeah. Oh, Scotty. Jeez. Yeah. So, wow. Yeah. There you go. I mean, it there is, you, you know, sometimes you can't tell. No, you know, you gotta tell ask. you what these girls nowadays. <laughs> that sounded like that, makes yeah, sound that like was a old, dad. That's when you get yeah. old stuff. Yeah, and exactly. And now I can tell my age because yeah. now instead of that, I'm going, "Hey, you need to go put some clothes on." <laughs> so, so now, I mean, current. I'm at this great. I'm really kind of at a at a cool time in my life because, like, all my kids have graduated from college. Um, so far. God, please help me make this a true <laughs> statement. No boomerang kids that hadn't really necessarily come back uh-huh. to me. And so 
I can walk down the hall like <laughs> this morning, walking down the hall here in Chip, try to explain to Julie what kind of identification they need to get Allie a temporary driver's license so she can do driver's ed. Yes. And all I could think was to turn around and just go, hey, guys. Isn't that a good God, feeling? Like, oh, it is. And you're there. I'm there, you're man. You're there as well. So it's just this whole different thing where you just sit and you watch, you know, and you're able to sit back and go, you know, watch it and, and see. You're one chapter go. ahead of me, though, that's very exciting, and it's called Grandbabies. Yes. How many do you have now? Yes, I have. I currently have three. And you got all girls. All girl grandbabies. Yes, we've got two, two in the Houston area, uh, Harper and Molly. My uh-huh. oldest daughter Clara named her most recent child Molly, which is called That's cool. Molly Catherine. We call her Molly Kate. Uh, and then another daughter, Ruby, to my son, who's in Austin. I'm pointing at Scott. Like, like, <laughs> it's, that's not that's your that's son. Fine. That's not that's Austin's fine. not that direction. Well, really, Austin is that direction. Well, kind of, yeah. Kind of, yeah. Houston's yeah. kind of that way. Oh, sorry, man. Whoa, easy, Houston's son. that way. Austin's that way. You can so, point at me. That's fine. <laughs> you are Austin. So, yeah, so grandparents is a whole there. different thing. And that's like like today uh, we're getting ready. We're actually going to go down and see, uh, because of the current COVID events, we were unable to really officially – celebrate the one year of molly's birthday and so uh, we had actually sent a package but we wanted to see him anyway and so we're going to go down there and th- you know the cool stuff like i text my daughter and like hey we want to get them both the girls a little something just to you know to let just a little something a little, something, little, something, little something something little happies to give them while we get there i said other than drums or tambourines what <laughs> would they really like <laughs> Because That's as a revenge. grandparent, That's as a gra- exactly as a grandparent, you can buy toys that make noise. Yes, yes. And Those little popper things with a handle yeah. on it. Yeah, yeah little. Oh yeah. yeah. Those. Do, 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 do. Yeah. Guns. <laughs> Which, by the way, guns I don't know what that was. Those little guns. Yes. Yeah, I was thinking a little drum thing that you know, you know. But yeah, you guys can join because here's the deal. Now, we are expecting a fourth grandchild. Through my son, with my son Thomas, and through your son, not through my <laughs> through son. son. He was he participated in it. He was part of it. He's definitely there. So his wow. wife Amanda's expecting again, and it's a girl, which we love girls uh-huh. and stuff. But here's and you guys, even those of you guys that are listening to this, can can just join me in prayer with this thing. My son Thomas is the last living reed. Yes. In our, as far as I can say, now we've not done the spit in the cup ancestry DNA stuff. Right. But as far as I know, going back. Yeah. In the Reed family tree, or you go up the tree or down the tree? Yeah, I don't know. I, I think you go up. If you, you go, go down. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Anyway. What an interesting. Well, I don't know. Because if you go know. down, it's I'm in the roots. Sure. And if you go up, that. it's in the branches. I think we're overthinking this. We are probably. Sure. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure we probably Google even that. run over time. Yeah. Well, so we're going to have to do a few edits, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, we'll do one that we know of. <laughs> right. Minute 16, note to yeah. self, minute 16. Um, but, yeah, he's the last male read. Yeah. Uh, I was the only – I have had two sisters. He had three sisters. Uh, my dad had a sister, and, and even on his his uncle and all those, yeah. it was all girls. It's a big burden. So I'm like, son, you know. Come on. So I'm just encouraging my son that you got to do whatever you can to make it a boy. Right. Try for number three. Please, just one more time. Now, <laughs> so. So that's, that was better. Yeah, so shifting gears here. So Hold kind on, of, hold on. Before yeah. we shift gears. Yes. Just for clarification, All family right. trees are often presented. 
that mic. Anyway, family trees awesome. are often presented with the oldest generations at the top and the newer generations at the bottom. So you go down, so you the, go tree. down the tree. Good to know. That was incorrect. Good to know. All right, so wow. taking okay. us to current times, out of all the many current different times. things that you've done, wow. what is most relevant to today is you have been working with Amber, which is our life group director, right, on arranging some restaurants yes. for watch parties. Watch party restaurant. So yeah. for the listener, tell us a little bit about what the concept of a watch party is and why they might want to participate. Wow. Yeah, it's 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 really a great idea because it gives it combines the ability to be with friends mm-hmm. in a safe environment, practicing as they call it social distancing, understanding our current culture and currently where we are, but you come together in small groups to watch the service. Right. So there are some, for example, in in my household, under my roof, my wife really is, whether you know it or not, she really is an introvert. I'm an extrovert. And so I've been going crazy with the whole, that's part of the reason that I would come up to the office is just to see somebody else. Right. But anyway, so, but it provides that opportunity for small groups to come, of people to come together. It's a little bit more of a stage of just, Maybe you and a couple others, because most of them will be somewhere around 20 right. or so people. But you can watch the service. And the other component to it that has run in our DNA as a church since the beginning, it's what we call the do-good component of it, is you're supporting a local restaurant. You're supporting a local business that desperate needs to be there because they've got to exist so that they can yeah. pay their employees and be a valuable part of this whole community that we live in. Absolutely. And Justin's going to talk a lot more about it this Sunday coming up. But what he's going to ask of you as a listener, if you're going to, it starts in June. Starts in June. June the 7th. June 7th. And there's going to be a sign up for it because there is a maximum capacity per restaurant because of social distancing and some of the guidelines. But the commitment is, is that if you sign up, you will show up. You will buy a meal from that restaurant for lunch before you leave and you'll tip well. Right. And that's kind of what we're asking is the do good component. And you've played a tremendous role in arranging this restaurant that will be announced on Sunday. We don't have the list completely ready right now, but tune in on Sunday to church, and that list will be ready in complete order. I can tell you that I will be at a Mexican restaurant. You will be hosting. Near (laughs) I-20. You can go ahead and say your restaurant if you know where it is. Jimmy V's. Jimmy V's will be one of the locations. And I will be at, actually, technically I will be at the Frozen Piro, which I do realize... From a from a cost point standpoint, it's probably the most expensive yeah. restaurant on that list. But Bo Hayes, great guy, uh, a good person, personal friend, as well as he's part of our church. He's one of us, yeah. and even his story is so cool to see how God's impacted. Really his life, is uh, in doing things, and so again, it's just our opportunity. Which again is part of why I just love the Simple Church and who we are, is because I've I've been in the and I grew up in the Baptist church and everything was about, you know, getting, you know, being in our holy huddle and doing our thing. And, you know, if we can send some money over here, maybe they'll hear about Jesus. And we get the opportunity though, on a regular basis, just to go out and and be Jesus and love. Yeah. And it's various price points and various menu items. So there's going to be a lot of diversity in the list. And you can change restaurants week to week. Exactly. So you can have Mexican one week and Italian the next week. So it's really going to be a cool idea. Yeah. 
I encourage you to check it out. Now, before we go, we do have to go, though, because Scott has an important thing going on today in his life. Scott, tell us. What is that? I'm you know, he, he's acting like he don't know. So, <clears throat> four wheels. Yeah, the first time in my 37-year-old life, 36, I'll be 37 June. This is literally, this is the first time. <laughs> time out. Hold on. Yes, Brian. I see that hand. I need to, can yeah. I share one thing about Scott, which, which I love? Yes. And I've you know, been around him now because Scott, Scott, too, has been with Simple Church since From the, the beginning. beginning. From started, the beginning. And we both, we were volunteers in different things that and we all were. this kind of stuff. But it's always amazed me the amount of advice when someone goes to purchase a vehicle that Scott gives all this advice about what vehicle to purchase and how to do it and what you need to look for. And then you go, Scott, how many cars have you bought? None. <laughs> Continue your story. Yes. To hold, but, but we're to, about to break that trend, son. Hold on. Come on. D- to defend myself, d- 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 sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> Number one, all my advice comes from that man right there who's bought many a car. Mm, more than I should yeah. have. And I love cars, and so I know a lot about them. So he's living but, vicariously but you, through do me. Do you footnote those conversations as you begin them? <laughs> I'm an overconfident person. <laughs> you don't say, well, you know, John no. says. That no. no. No, why would I say that? No. I'm confident. You, you got a UTI, buddy. Yeah, exactly. I went to a school called UTI. I don't have a UTI. Anyway. <laughs> So anyway, anyway, today. so as of this morning, uh, last night at about midnight, so actually all of today, I found a Jeep on Facebook Marketplace, sent the guy a message. He'd had it on uh, Facebook Marketplace less than a day uh-huh. when I saw it. Uh, I've tried several other times to get a Jeep uh, over the past year, basically, and it's all fallen through because I've hesitated because I've never bought a car. Right. So I didn't hesitate this time, and uh, we made a deal today. That's right. So, uh, so you're driving to this location. I am to going. Pick it up? Yep, tomorrow. Uh, hopefully, I'll be driving to Lufkin, Texas, to pick it up. Uh, the funny thing about this Jeep is uh, it sits on 37 inch tires, <laughs> and it has a lift from there. Scott, what's your insane, by the way? <laughs> so. <laughs> I We're asked gonna, him earlier, I said, are you going to have a Rubbermaid step stool camouflage yeah. painted next to it to get I in got, and out hey, of it? Yeah. You could do that, drill a hole in one of the legs and put your little cord through there. Yeah, and, and just then pull it you, in. Get you one of those carabiners and hook it to your wrist. <laughs> just hook it up. And hook, hook it rock. to your back. I can't wait to see you get it. Yeah, so I do have a friend that's coming with me, and his <laughs> number one thing is to film me getting into I this I have Jeep. to see that yeah. film. It yes. is. I cannot. It is huge. It is. It's a cool looking Jeep. It is pretty cool. Do you think it's going to be a run and jump process or is it going to be a multi- <laughs> Really? Multi- what I'm hoping is is that to... it's like a well beaching, you know, have you, or like a seal, you know, like a seal comes on the beach where it's stomach and then it kind of just flops up. Try to do it with style. Yeah. Or what about one of those big, I remember when they first came out with those big uh, buses. Yeah. That would kneel down. On the oh front. yeah, you can let the air out of the tires well, on the left here, side. Here's here's basically <laughs> what I'm thinking I can do, and this just came to me while I was just sitting here is I can park the trailer because I'm going to trailer it back. Oh, and I can park the trailer, and the trailer's it's not very tall, but smart. it's some tall, and I can step from the trailer into the Jeep and then drive the Jeep onto the trailer. Now the fun part <laughs> will then be get getting <laughs> out, of out of the Jeep, the Jeep hey, onto the trailer. My only bit of advice for you is just think through that a little bit. Oh, yeah. Because if you get in the thing and can't get out. That would be hilarious. That would be hilarious. But Blake, you- you're going to have to drive the truck back. <laughs> yeah. But we're excited for you, Scott. And, Brian, thank you so much Thanks, for man. your time on the show and – 
Tune in next time when we introduce you to another valuable player. Valuable player. All right. See you. Have a great day.